Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the American Israelite Newspaper Podcast, the Let There Be Light Podcast, and I am one of your co-hosts, Netanel Ted Deutsch. And I am your other <laughs> co-host, Julie Bernson-Brook. And, you know, amazingly, this week, I have nothing to say about last week. Usually, I have an update. I have nothing to say about anything. <laughs> I have nothing this to say is, about is last like a, week. This is like a first time for everything, that you have nothing to say about No, I, you know, yeah, I don't need to go over anything that we said <laughs> wrong. I don't need to correct anything, so it's sort of nice. Um, but today is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. It is okay. the 17th of Elul, 5781. Tomorrow is the 18th of Elul. Tomorrow is the 18th. Yep, it's life. And yes, in the meantime, I'm starting my round hollas. Already started giving uh, out a few here and there, raising them plain. So it's a big, mm. big week. Uh, and and what are your plans for Rosh Hashanah? Where are you well, right going now, to be? Right now, I'm just trying to like get through the uh, the heat. It's very hot. It's been it's been like over 90. It's been look, the heat index over 100. I was thinking about playing golf tomorrow with my buddies and I just went, it's going to be like a hundred and something degrees. So I, mm. I mean, unless you play between like 9am and maybe about noon, if you go out in the afternoon, you're just either have to take a cart and it, that it, you're right. It, that heat takes so much out of you. It, it just takes like, it zaps your energy it does. You know, just to, just to get out there and play golf or ride your bike or, you know, whatever you're hiking around. It's, it really, uh, just absorbs your energy and you get home and you're just like, Ugh. yeah, you know, first we had the cicadas and now we have the heat. It's the heat. Yeah. And I think the heat is getting to people because people have just been going crazy lately. They're not as pleasant as they used to be. <laughs> just, the heat is getting to people. Well, so. this issue has a really good front page. Well, you asked story. me what I was doing for Russia. Oh yeah. So, please so, go ahead. so I am, uh, so my normal Senate, which will go nameless, is now effective starting tomorrow. No, I go say Kaddish every day mm-hmm. for mom. You know, I've been saying Kaddish since February. Well, she died February 12th. So I started saying Kaddish, you know, 30 days, you know, after that. Um, but I, I said it starting then. And um, I go nearly every day, unless I'm really tired or have to take a break. And I just, you know, I just, I, I'm usually there every day. Anyway. My normal synagogue um, is now starting tomorrow night instituting a mask policy. Oh, and I'm against masks. Okay, I'm sorry. I've been I've been vaccinated twice. I'm going back for um, the booster shot probably within the next month or so, and I'm going to get the a booster. I'm going to get the Pfizer booster, and I. The problem try. is this Delta variant. I they said see, it is as contagious this. as chickenpox. So it's not the 15 minutes of breathing in someone's face. It's actually just being really close to them. See, I, I disagree with a lot of what goes on in the major media. Being a media person myself, I just disagree with it. Anyway, they've instituted this, and so there are synagogues in the city that are Orthodox, that are traditional that do not have masks, okay? If you've been vaccinated, you I think it should be optional. And this is kind of like my opinion, not anybody else, or not the show's. It's definitely not the show's okay. opinion. Okay, it's not yours. I know you don't agree with me. But um, I think it should be optional. If you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. That's fine. But you shouldn't force the mask upon anybody else. I really don't think so because I'm not going to get it. And if I, I think I might have already had it. 
And then um, how do you feel about the shot mandates where they're saying that people have to be vaccinated, that Ohio State said now all their students have to be vaccinated? I think you teachers. should have incentives versus mandates. I'm very much, you know, always about ins- give people an incentive. So give them a couple hundred dollars to get a shot. Make them, you know, give them, give them something to Why get these shots. Why should we pay someone to do something well, that's the right thing to do? It is the right thing, but sometimes you have to cough up some cash. And we had the millions and millions of dollars we're spending on all these vaccines. So what? We spent a couple more dollars instead of having all this money go to administrators and giving for the buying. So give it to the people to get the shot instead. You know how much? How many billions of dollars we spent on this already? How many billions? If you talk, how many billions from from the day one till now of how many much money we've spent on administrators and administ- buying? You know, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. So. Well, we don't want to end up in the cemetery, which is actually the okay. topic of our newspaper that was, that was front. Your lead, was, that was your lead in to yes. this? That was your lead in. The topic okay. of okay. the front page okay. story is that the historic cemetery yes, gates yes. are being restored, and they're Walnut all getting. Hills, Walnut Hills Cemetery. Walnut Hills. Um, which is where I have a plot. We have a plot there, family plot. So, yes, yeah, so the Walnut Hills Cemetery was established in 1850. And it is... Uh, so it, it was right after Chestnut Street. So if Chestnut Street was the first one... And that's 200 years, and we're celebrating... That's coming the, up. ...the Chestnut Street when we do the bicentennial... So I was the sitting community. in on... There was a first meeting last yesterday of the entire Bicentennial Committee, and I sat in on it. And uh, so the official rededication of Chestnut, I believe, is September 2nd. So, or there's a press conference at Chestnut Street, September 2nd, where they're going to announce everything. Right. I'll probably be there. I think Carol will probably be there. It's like at 10 a.m. on That's next Friday. Thursday. 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 I'm sorry, Thursday. Thursday at 10 a.m. where they're announcing everything. And I've been thinking, out, you know, what can the American Israelite do besides putting, like, the logo maybe on the, on the paper somewhere, putting it in the paper or something? We're going to be hosting a bunch of stuff in terms of a coverage of this, but I thought just outside the box, I'm not determined to do this yet, that we would do a special issue. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah, special. And so I need someone that's, a, and I've thought of you, because you're a big history buff, and I thought you and Carol could like write all the material for it, and then we could do a, put ads in there too, like we did. We did one for um, the Israelite at like 165, and we'll do one again at 170. And then uh, Israel was, is how many now since it's 48? 19. Is that 74, 80, 74? 84. I um, forget. I can't do the math right off my top of my head. <laughs> so it's 1920, 2021, and they were in 1940. Someone's doing it right now as we're talking. Um but we do that like every five years. Right. Every time they have an anniversary, we do an anniversary issue. But I thought we, it would be kind of cool to do us to have one. And I didn't know when we, you know, we've got uh, Rosh Hashanah coming up. Uh, then we've got Hanukkah. And then you don't have, and then you've got Passover. That's probably a little early this year. So maybe after Passover next year, if we can't, if we can fit it in. Because um, it goes until October of 22. Okay. So we can do it between like March, April, and then October, something like that. 
Well, what's interesting in this article about the cemetery, it talks about both cemeteries. Right. As you said, Chestnut right. Street Cemetery is 200 years old, right. and the Walnut Hills Cemetery is slightly younger than that. But one of the interesting things, and this is something that we talk about a lot when we're going through the From the Pages, that is no longer on page 18. It is now on something else. Well, it's this got to 20. Now, now I, did, to 20. I did move, I did move <laughs> the dining because, okay, so you had suggested last week that we move that back dates, but you've got two pages of opinion. You've got opinion page and you've got the religious page. So I didn't think you should put those after. You can't have, okay, so that and the Torah study, and those are current issues. That's current stuff. And the front of the pages is from the, the past. past. So I think you have to have current. My logic is you've got to have, you know, opinion, which is current. That's on 18. That's current. Then Torah and religion, and then from the oh, so this has so so I bumped okay. it. I bumped it to, to 20. twenty. Okay, so, so it's life plus from, two. And then, and then you, and then you've got uh, dining out, which then you go into lifestyle, lifestyle recipes and stuff like that. So that's well, kind of our thinking behind that. Right. So on the from the yes, pages yes, section, yes. back to that, we talk about the two of the first synagogues in town, KK B'nai Israel and KK B'nai Yerushim. Right. And I was like, I always ask, and I always wonder Rockdale, again. Rockdale and Wiles. Rockdale right. and Wiles. So KK, we know, means Kahal Kodesh. And right. Kahal means either local governance, right. assembly, community. And it was really started by the Polish and Lithuanian and Russian empires, that was the way they talked about their community was Kalel. Okay. And then Kodesh, of course, means holy. Um, and then, so Rockdale is KK B'nai Israel. So it's the, it's the community of holy sons of Israel. Right, right, right. And then right. what it broke off, and then what happened is Wise Temple broke off of that. And okay. the Wise Temple, the German Jews kind of broke off, and they started KK B'nai Yerushan. So that's right, right. the assembly, the Yesh, holiest. Yesharun. Yesharun. So what does Yesharun mean? It's like the poetic form of Israel. Did you okay. realize that? So they actually have the exact same name, but one's almost like a poetic form of Israel. Okay. And one is the more traditional Israel. Well, that was that's how they formed. Now it's completely changed. Now, yeah, Rockdale Temple, Wise Temple. Right, but they're both. They, but when they began, it right. was kind of they were closer together. Well, it, it in, in name, in name. Right. Yeah. Initially, it seemed that right. Rockdale was more Polish and Russian, and yeah. that Wise was more German. Okay. Uh, I don't know now if that really makes a difference anymore. I think everyone is everything. It's like we had two country clubs right. in town too. There was two country clubs when I moved here. There was the Sanibel and Crest Hills, and they said one was. One the country, clear. German, German Jews was was Lusanneville. and Crest Hill was the more the Russian because they for it was some more reason more the more new new uh, the new the newer the newer people that came to Cincinnati. Yeah, right. Well, so this historic cemetery, right. this whole thing, the the, right. the cleaning up of the gates was done in memory of Mr. Jacob Stein, and right. he passed away November third, two thousand nineteen, and he's the father of Steve, right, Doctor Lisa, John, and right. Rabbi Elena Stein, right, right, right. And so this was done in his memory, yes. from, from from the family, from the family, yeah. and it's a lovely tribute to him. They talk about how they've cleaned it up, and then Larry Newman says, you know, these are important mitzvahs to take care of. Larry Newman, of course, being the president of the right. board right. of the JCGC, right, right. And and again, we had David Harrison on our. You you mean Mr. Common Sense. Mr. I, Common call, Sense. I call him Mr. Common Sense, but he does have a soft side because he does like to go to the thrift shops like me. 
Correct. He's a thrift shop. Well, shopper. thank goodness they're not using thrift shop material to <laughs> no, rededicate. Not thrift shop material here. <laughs> What's well, all? Well, this is also this is the history of Cincinnati. Right. Um, and uh, we have a family plot there. The 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 uh, the uh, um, you know which is there, and um, I'm having like a blank right now, but. Um, they took they took the whole thing down. They took it all apart, and then we go into how it was done to clean it all up and sandblasted it all. And then they also did some research on what the original color was. I thought that was very interesting. Very interesting. And they found what the original color was, and they got the original color, and it's all put back together now. And in a previous issue, we talked about how they were cleaning up the headstones, which was also a, a very big well. That's mitzvah. It's a it's well. There's a it's a huge cemetery. I mean. Right. Um, if you read the, uh, um, the whole story and, and it's a really interesting story, there's 35,000 graves, but that seems like a really small amount to me. I mean, if you have the history of Jewish Cincinnati and there's only 35,000, you know, you know what I mean? We, we think now there's about 30,000 Jews in Cincinnati. So the history of 200 years is thir- So it's, it's grown, I mean, exponentially from, you know, um, what it was to be. Well, didn't with. we just bought another cemetery too? And that's in Loveland. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's what happens. They have to keep building more cemeteries as exactly. exactly. or developing. I guess it's more developing. So, it's actually, we want a, a shout out to the Stein family yes. for having done that and performing that mitzvah. All right. And then on the next page, we have the fall market is going to be at the JCC, and you know our good friend Pam Sakes. This is one of her innovative ideas when she was working with the Mayerson Foundation. Um, and we know there's going to be a lot of great booths. Can you think of any booths that... You well, fresh food, and uh, there'll be honey. There'll be honey there's there. There's definitely be honey there. And as we discussed, honey does not have to be certified kosher. As long as they're, the bees are eating the right fruit. Exactly, exactly. And then there's also going to be handcrafted art, too. So that is Sunday, this Sunday. From 9 to 1. Nine to, so it'll be war- it won't be as warm. It'll be somewhat cool in the morning there at 9.30. Hopefully. Yeah. All right, so on page 3... Um, you want to talk the Cincinnati 2030 Community Forum. Yeah, so the, so it was being had, the steering committee was being held by Ariel Cohn and Andy Berger, and they had a number of people. It must have been done by Zoom, I'm assuming, and Carol Hershenson took all the notes. She went, yeah. She, yeah. She, she, she was there. And, uh, and it's a great story about what they've outlined and done as far as what's going to go on in the future for Cincinnati Jewish community. Well, so this started, I guess, with um, at about... 2010 or so or well, 2011 had, or so and they had a 2020 mm-hmm. and what the goals were which i i agree with i think you have to have goals do they ever go back and see if we've met those goals i think they do they do like a yearly thing on you know how are we doing you know what were the goals and are we are we doing well in terms of achieving those goals and i think that's that's good that's important that we do that on page four there's a great story about the curb Skirball Museum and their exhibition coming up. They're also now opening up on Sundays. Right, right. Um, from 1 to 4. You do have to have a reservation, but they've got these. They're What they're planning on doing, they're working also with the Bicentennial. They're going to be putting up the movers and shakers of Cincinnati, present and past photographs of them, portraits of them, and work done by them. Um, and this is probably all organized by Abby Schwartz. It's right there. You have uh, Marcus Felch- Fetchheimer. Um, a portrait of him. Okay. He was a uh, serious guy. Yeah. 
And well, do you want to say down below about the community calendar? You well, down the community that. calendar, I was confused about why there was okay. different spellings of there Sukkot. Is different, right, right. And we were talking about how when it's transliterated, there's different ways of spelling it. Yes, yes. And, and just like Hanukkah, I think in the future, you're going to come up with a standard for how you want to spell we, Sukkot. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, we, so some people spell Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah without an H at the end, and then some people spell it Rosh Hashanah, with you know, without you know, an A and then an H, it depends. Um, but for a it's newspaper, it's how you it's transliterate it. So we have to have a specific standard. And you do that for Hanukkah. You have a way you want to yes, spell Hanukkah, Hanukkah the yeah. entire yeah. time. And we in tell the paper. Every, so we send out a uh, an email to everybody in the community. This is how we're spelling it this year. This is how you should spell it in your ad. Now we're always having some people that that do it different. <laughs> they just There's always got to be an outlier. They, they, they just do you it know, differently. You get it's two like, well, somebody's doing it like that. I want to do it like this. Um, but actually, <laughs> so Saturday night, this Saturday night, Saturday, August 20th. Also, I want to say a shout out to my sister, Pamela, whose birthday is uh, Friday, August 27th. So happy birthday. So Saturday night starts. So it's, let me, I'll spell this. S-E-L-I-C-H-O-T. So you can see with the C-H, it's selich with the selichot. Um, and some people spell it selichot without the, just S apostrophe, selichot, selichot. So it's a different pronunciation. It's a different spelling, but it's the same thing. It's the same. It all means the same thing. Another thing yeah. I took note of is on Thursday, September 2nd, you have the designation... JFC, and I right. asked if we are now using that for Jewish Federation Cincinnati because usually we say JFED here. So right, now right. we have a new designation. So if you see JFC, that means that's Jewish Federation of Cincinnati. And in right. this particular uh, project is the Honey Cakes and Hala Women's Mitzvah Project. Well, you have so many. I mean, you've got the J. Yeah. Uh, JCRC. JCRC. JCGC, which right. is Jewish Cemeteries of Greater Great. Cincinnati. J, J Foundation, which I say J F O N D, J Found. Jewish Family Service, Jewish, Jewish Vocational Service. JVS Career Service. We're just J'd yeah. out all over the right, place. Right, right, right. So we have a lot, quite a bit. And then Terry and Stuart Suskind were recently honored at the annual Voices of Giving event for being, for 25 years, having a history of annual giving and being part of the legacy. Right, right. So that's a lovely tribute to them. It's a wonderful picture of them, too, right there. It's nice. Now, Rabbi Shlomo Reichman has a very long column, as usual. Um, yes. This one is about the curse of the unborn child. So what it, it, the story is, I'll just give a quick synopsis, is right. that supposedly all fetuses in utero are... When you're, when you're in utero, in when utero, you're in the, in the womb. You're given the entire Torah and all the knowledge. And that's but, why you have a little dimple on your chin. Okay. That's where that... And so when God tells you all that stuff, and then you... Get touched. That's what leaves that dimple there. Okay, I didn't you know, did not know that. that. It's the thing, right? But you know, I think the, the, that, I always thought it was the, yeah, because everyone has a yes, the thing above your, your lip. Yeah, yes, yeah, but the other yeah. thing is, you know, um, so then what happens is before you are born, it's all taken away from you, and your job is to relearn it as an, as a adult. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, the belly button is the done button. You know, that's when they press you and oh, say you're I done. Didn't, yeah, it's I like didn't the know turkey. That. You know, the turkey know. thing that pops I up didn't here. Know that. So that that is this. Right, uh, right. So this talks about what your your unborn potential, potential and then your exactly, your potential. Your unborn, yeah. Right. Right. 
So and that, as you grow and learn through life, you fulfill that potential. Put it correct. that way. Okay. Now, in national news, there's a very interesting story. There is a professor out of the University of Oklahoma. His name is Andrew, and I'm going to butcher his last name. It's Poe Wancher. And he is a history of prof- he's a history of he's a professor of history right. at the University of Oklahoma, right. and he has written a book titled uh, the title of the book is Hamilton: The Story of Hamilton and the Jews, the Jewish Life of Alexander Hamilton. Okay. In the meantime, it's a very interesting story. So Alexander Hamilton's mother right. was born a French Huguenot, um, and Huguenot. she Huguenot, and then she went to the Caribbean. And she met a man by the last name of Levine, Johann Levine, right. and she converted to Judaism. Now, wow. she already had either, she was either pregnant with Alexander Hamilton, or she already had him and his brother James, but supposedly she converted to Judaism, and for a while she was raising him as a Jewish when boy. When they were married. When they were married. married. So they and were they married. had another okay. child also together named okay. Peter Levine. And there's okay. a question on how he spells the last name. Right. Now, supposedly, Alexander Hamilton told his children about having a little bit of a Torah education. Okay. Although when he died, he was given the Episcopalian rights right. uh, okay. by a priest. Okay. So it's a very interesting story. The book is all over the internet now. It's being sold and uh, he's got a bunch of these books. He's got another book where he's claiming somebody else is, has some Jewish roots but they themselves are not Jewish. So this is one of his specialties hmm. is uh, finding the Jewishness in everybody. It's a very interesting story. Yeah. Which you know what's nice is we have expanded and people are still realizing that we've expanded and the stories have gotten so much longer and more in depth and we are basically now getting every story that JTA and JNS puts out, and we're getting them all at almost full length. So we are like at I like at maximum capacity of news that we can get into this paper now, and it's fantastic. It's I mean, very I, good way to I'm, get them. I'm very news. happy that we are at that level because people are com. I mean, I have friends of mine that would never comment about the paper. They just you know they get it, they read it. Once in a while, they'll say something to me. But a lot of my friends are like, wow, I've been reading the paper. And, you know, and I really like it now. And there's so much information in there. And I'm really glad I get it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's been really a, uh, a real pat on the back for us and the whole staff and everybody um, that people are noticing that we've expanded and getting a lot more stories in. I mean, it's. I think it's it's a real it's a real blessing. and I love the history stories that you get. Like They're history. very very interesting. You can go further than on the internet and through our archives because soon our archives are going to be open for everyone to they get. They will. To use. I'm still working on the pricing structure of that and that. I'll I'll decide on that soon enough. In sad news, a yeshiva yes. student who actually hails from Cleveland was shot and killed in Denver. Uh, there's a lot of questions on what was going on. It's, it appears that there was a bunch of young men, 18 to 21, who were just out on a evil shooting spree, uh, and they we'll, went we'll have a gun to drive around driving with a gun a, and like shooting people. I mean, what, people, what kind it, of nonsense? I don't is, know. And, it doesn't it make any makes, sense. It, it, it's it's like insane. But the young man was killed. He was it. it supposedly, the shots went through the building and killed him while he was within the building. He's a yeshiva in Denver. It's a very, very sad story. Uh, here's a young man just, just being a student, and uh, this is just a total random act of violence. 
They do not see any reason to believe that it's a hate crime. No, I agree. It was but just it's just a terrible just out shooting at shooting at buildings and shooting at people, and it's just you know. Well, now, these not now, only have they taken ruined, the, they've ruined this guy's life and, and their his own. family, and they're all they're now ruined their life, and they're they'll be in jail for the rest of their nice. lives. Yeah, and deservedly so. I mean, so in the meantime, on some good news, Ron Emanuel, the former mayor of Chicago, and also our former President Obama's chief of staff, has been named. The ambassador to Japan. Now, he still has to go through the proceedings to be accepted by the Senate and confirmation, but I think that's pretty cool. Speaking of America, yeah, so Orthodox areas <laughs> are the fastest growing areas in New York and New Jersey. And it's not because just because people are moving there. It's because they're having multiple babies. Yes. Now, in the meantime, I want to be clear, and it's also in the article, it states that the census data does not identify people as Jewish. So when you take your census, you don't have your religion. But based on who lives in these communities, right. they can say that these are these Orthodox areas are growing very well, they fast. they know like Borough Park and Lakewood, New Jersey, and... Um, what's a, uh, Williamsburg? Muncie. 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 Yeah. But back to this article right, about right, the Orthodox. Right, so right. interestingly enough, uh, okay. a new community actually came out of Kiris Joel. So we know Joel, Kiris Joel was named for Joel Teitelbaum, one of the founders of the Satmar community. And then another, a part of it broke off and they started a new town called Palm Tree. Okay. And the reason it's called Palm Tree is because the name Teitelbaum means date or palm tree. So that's why they named the city Palm Tree. So it's it's like a next door to Kiris Joel, but the, there was a little bit of problems in the community and the expansion and things they wanted to do with zoning, so they started their own community out there. So that was very interesting. And then the story below it, the Jewish story behind right. Over is, the Rainbow. I, I like this one. This is a beautiful story about two Jewish men who became lyricists. One of them had a father. Harold Arlen's father was a cantor, and the other uh, gentleman is Edgar Harburg. Edgar Harburg, they each had tragedy in their lives, like uh, Harold Arlen's twin brother passed away at birth, and Edgar um, Harburg lost a brother to cancer. So Edgar Harburg, who's now... But you should tell him what all the stories... The uh, The stories uh, behind... They they made a lot of songs. The uh, the songs that they wrote, one was Over the Rainbow, which is in Wizard of Oz. Uh, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? Right, that's very famous. But they're also they they wrote these beautiful songs. Um, Judith Light and Ben Platt also said that "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" is somewhat of a Jewish song if you listen to it. So I thought that was very interesting. You should go through and listen on you know on the internet. Okay. You can listen to all these songs, and then maybe you'll have a different interpretation of "Over the Rainbow" after you've heard what Judith Light so and Ben this, Platt had to say. I get this old movie catalog. Like movies from the, you know, that we remember when we were growing up. And one of the movies I ordered on DVD, it's, it's either on DVD or Blu ray, is uh, Wizard of Oz. As I love that movie, and they play it, you know, once in a while, but I just like to watch it. I love that. It's one of my old, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I love that movie. Well, there's That's a, a great movie. There's a scene in The Wizard of Oz where the Wicked Witch of the West is pedaling her bicycle real fast. Right, right. I always feel like when I'm rushing, that's what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> And as we go on further amongst our news, we are going to take a break right now because this was supposed to be the baby issue, and we are going to go on a little trip with Toby Samet, and we're going to interview Toby Samet um, in honor of this was supposed to be the baby issue, and she raised a lot of our babies. So we'll take a break, and when we come back, I will be interviewing Toby. So I have the great honor of interviewing Toby Samet today, and I met Toby 
one of the early years when I came to Cincinnati at Adith Israel. She was then the beloved nursery school teacher at, at Adith. And then, of course, I saw her throughout the years at Adith. And uh, my husband knew her son growing up as well. So, to Toby, introduce yourself. My name is Toby Samet. I'm a native Cincinnatian born at Jewish Hospital almost 85 years ago. And I grew up in the Orthodox community here, daughter of Harold and Lillian Goldstein in Avondale, went to Avondale Elementary School, Hughes High School, and the University of Cincinnati. And um, tell me a little bit about your parents. I know you just said they were Orthodox. Tell me a little bit about them and how your family arrived in Cincinnati. They were from Russia. My grandfather, Joseph Schechter, my maternal grandfather, arrived and he established himself in business and then sent for his wife and children only after he was able to secure a good living for them and rewarded his wife with a beautiful gold watch monogrammed for her, which I became the privileged owner of and I treasure to this day. And my mother, Lillian Schechter, uh, met her betrothed, uh, Harold Goldstein, whose parents, also from Russia, settled in Winnipeg, Ontario, Canada, Winnipeg, Canada. And then he went to New York and somehow got to Cincinnati, where he <clears throat> became betrothed to my mother, Lillian Schechter, and the two of them uh, married and had three children, and I was the third. And I maintained that they stopped when they had the good one. <laughs> That's really, really cute. What did your dad do for a living? Well, he began as a laborer. He, he delivered bread for the Ruble Baking Company. And then he decided to, when World War II came, uh, to go into his own business of tire recapping because uh, rubber was in short demand. And so he learned how to recap tires. He had his own business. And then he uh, integrated into the Orthodox community and became for Khan's meat packing, the head mashgiach for the kosher slaughtering. That's and interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's very interesting because that's how we talk a lot about the Manischewitz family. They came over and he was a shakrit. So it's very interesting. Your father was also a shakrit. A lot of people started out in some sort of Jewish business also. So that was interesting that he was the shakrit for Khan's. Right. The first house that I remember was the mikveh house on Hickory Street in Avondale, where we lived. Wow. And all my friends thought that I was very wealthy because I had an indoor swimming pool in my house. 
And it was really the mikvah house. My mother was the mikvah lady, yes. And then my parents bought a house on Bogart Avenue, which incidentally had been owned by the Manischewitz family. It was a two-family house on Bogart Avenue, around the corner from the distinguished and beloved Rabbi Eliezer Silver, whom my father befriended and then became the chazan for his shul. And so my son's first Rosh Hashanah, uh, only weeks after his birth, was privileged to hear his Zaydi singing Kol Nidre at Rabbi Silver's shul on Rosh Hashanah. So your father also sang, huh? Yes, he was the he was a, a Yontif Chazan at Rabbi Silver's shul, and he also was hired and other shows to be a, a Yontif High Holiday Chazan elsewhere, right? Wow. Um, so I'm assuming you got your love of Judaism from watching your parents. Oh, yes. Yes, it was it was a good Jewish house, right? And then you said you, you went to Avondale Elementary and you said Hughes High School and then you went on to UC. What did you study at UC? Early childhood education, of course, right? And so tell me, when did it that you, when, what, prompted you, what was the impetus where you fell in love with working with children? When did you know this was going to be something you wanted to do? Well, when I was a little girl, we lived on Bogart Avenue, and I had a cousin that lived on Forest Avenue. And in the middle of our two streets was my grandpa. And on Shabbos, I walked from Bogart Avenue, and my cousin walked from down on Forest Avenue, and we met in the middle of Forest Avenue at my grandpa's house. And we each brought our dolls, our baby dolls, and we played with our baby dolls and kept our grandpa company. And we were mothers and we, we learned to love babies and little children. And then my sister got married and I babysat her kids. And I always loved little kids. I, I found joy in watching them grow and seeing all the things that they were learning how to do. And I thought it was wonderful how they could learn to do things. And I guess that's, that's what I began to love and know that, that I liked my teachers and I liked the way they helped me learn and I wanted to be a helping teacher too. And then Sam came into your life. Tell me how you met Sam. Well, my Hebrew school sent me on a scholarship to a Habonim labor Zionist camp in Michigan. And um, on weekends, Sam, who had moved from Toronto to Detroit to work in his uncle's supermarkets, um, would come out on on Friday nights for Shabbat and Saturday nights. And um, he, we would sit around the campfire and he, he came over and sat down and said, is there room on your blanket? And I said, yeah, I guess. 
Well, eventually we shared blankets for 51 years. So, um, yeah, so he lived in Detroit and I lived in Cincinnati, but my Aunt Sophie lived in Detroit. So on Fridays, I hopped on a Greyhound and I stayed at Aunt Sophie's and there were Habonim activities in Detroit. And so I would spend weekends at Aunt Sophie's and do Habonim stuff. And and Sam took me to movies and um, then I, I would go home and... Um, yeah, and one weekend, the next thing I knew, I had an engagement ring on and letters and calls and and poems and candy. And that's how it happened. And yeah. Metropole Hotel, Rabbi Silver clinched the knot. And there we were married. And I was 18 and Sam was 21. Oh, you were very young, but it was a beautiful marriage and it lasted a long time, a long, long time. Right. And um, share with me a memory from when your own children were young. Tell us about your own children and tell us, share a memory that is so dear to your heart for when your own children were young, when you and Sam were raising your own young children. Well, uh, we had a, a little house on Oberlin Boulevard. And up the street was a dear family, the Fleischmanns, and they had five children. And one of them was Melinda. And she saw my kids playing in the front yard. And she came down and wanted to, to be a friend and a, and a, a companion and, and made it so easy for me to, at any time, grab a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and a jar of jelly and and get in the car and run to a park and have a picnic. And uh, I cherish those moments. And then we just, the spontaneity and, and the love of, of just watching my children grow and, and just seeing how beautiful it was to, raise children in a in a Jewish home and and share the calendar and Sam and I just enjoyed their years of growing in such a way that we couldn't help but be thankful for what God had given us. And in when did you become involved with Adith Israel? How did that because I know you have a very strong love of Adith Israel. Well, my, my sister and her husband uh, had belonged. And in 1966, the year that my mother passed away, it was time to say Kaddish. And uh, we decided that that is where we would want to be. And so we joined Rabbi Goldfeder, um, was happy to welcome us and uh, seeing that that I knew Hebrew, um, he was very glad to welcome me on the staff of the Hebrew school. And so I not only became a member, but a member of the Hebrew school staff. 
and from 1966 until now, I'm still there as a member of the staff. And tell me, I know that you had a really wonderful experience at the last week, and who did you visit? Tell us about who you visited and what you saw and experienced. Once to my awe and surprise and extreme gratitude, Rabbi Wise and Kathy uh, emailed me the information that they had secured uh, air travel for me to visit them in their paradise of a setting in Rhode Island. And so I visited them uh, this past week and it was a, a wonderful, beautiful experience and so delightful to be with them. And I, it was so reassuring to know that they had truly selected a, a Mecca, a, a wonderful place for them to spend this time of their lives. And I was so privileged. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. Share with me one of your highlights from that week. Oh, sitting on the beach with them, opening the door to their house and being welcomed where into the most magnificent kitchen that you can imagine and and sitting on their beautiful deck and surveying their fantastic garden and uh, just being immersed in their warmth and hospitality and bending down to tie my shoe and finding a cat on my back mm -hmm. and, and reaching over in my bed and feeling the fur of one cat one night and one cat another night and just uh, spending one day with two of their darling and warm and magnificent offspring of Shalva and T were there and Oh my gosh, my my cup, my pitcher, my bathtub ran us over. I'll tell it's a you. beautiful tribute to that week and yeah. how lucky and fortunate for you. They send warm, warm greetings to all, of course. Yes. And one last question I'm gonna ask you. Um, yeah, I know you still work in childcare at the JCC. I believe that you did, did it how many years at the JCC have you been doing it there? Well, I, I worked at the old JCC from 1968 to 1984. And then I went to Adith Israel from 84 to 98, where I uh, opened a preschool for them, uh, wanting to see young people coming into the doors of Adith Israel. And I thought the, a preschool and their a very, very apt and suitable facility would be good, and it was. Uh, and then um, I, I'm still on the, on the staff of Adith Israel Preschool in the role of a resource person. I uh, enable students who need a little bit of more help in the reading areas of Hebrew 
and uh, I, I've established a series of Toby's tricks for reading Hebrew. And uh, much to my delight, uh, children are, are able to, to find ways that in their particular ways of learning that they can find one of the ways that makes Hebrew reading easier for them. Well, you are a tribute to your field. You're, you're a wonderful gift to your treasure to Edith Israel and to the JCC and to everyone you've encountered. And we cannot thank you enough for helping all of us with our children. I know you've taught my children, you've had my children through there. And I know many, many, many of our listeners have experienced the love and devotion that you have for children. And it's been a great honor to interview you for the Let There Be Light podcast of the American Israelite. We really appreciate your time and everything you've done. You're a treasure, a true treasure. Well, that was a really sweet interview. And I really thank Toby for giving us that time. I know she's very busy. Well, I grew up with her son. Okay. Mike Samet. Mike Samet. Yeah, yeah, from Water Hills. And he is actually, you know, the he's health like, commissioner for Hamilton County. Is he the? Uh, no, he's one I, of the health commissioners. He's one of the health. He does a lot of the work with COVID. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because so I've seen him give interviews on TV once in a great while. I'll see him. Right. Uh, so he's doing a great mitzvah. He is doing a great. Now job. in Israel news, there's a very interesting story on page 13. There's okay. actually two of them. One is that the third Pfizer shot, according right, to Israel right. Healthcare, is 86 percent uh, effective. And I also want to say that today Johnson Johnson came out to say that their booster is also extremely effective. So when are you going? I I, I got my last shot, my second shot, March 21 at four o'clock in <laughs> Dayton. Uh, and Dayton, remember that? Okay, yes, that whole can't bal- that. that whole balagon was going up there, and then I got thrown out. I was not in line. Then I got thrown out. Oh, you're not on the list. And the guy had written But it all my- worked out. Okay, so we have to go back to that story because the guy, he was this the he guy, the pharmacist. Chinese. Yeah, he wrote my name in Chinese on the list, and the other guy could not read Chinese. And so he said, you're not on this list. And then I left, and then he goes, it's, it was like... It's just so crazy. It is crazy. Anyway, but- I got my. So I'm. Go, I'm looking forward to getting my booster. I'm looking forward to get. And once I, I'm. I'm. I don't. I feel right now, I could maybe have already had Delta and had the sniffles for a day or two, like everybody else, and then I'm fine. It's like I don't really care. I think once I get that booster, I'm like I'm done. Right. I'm done. It's when you have Delta, you don't know you have Delta. You become a carrier and you infect someone that, that doesn't have the strong antibodies that you do. That's where we went into trouble. But as soon as I can, I'm going to be getting a booster. I, and if you, it's a, did you I've up? called the people that I took the okay, test with. They okay. still don't have any plan, in fact. Okay. But I will go and get another Johnson & Johnson, so yeah, I, don't, I, don't mix, I don't want to mix my alcohol. Yeah. In the meantime, there's another interesting story going on this in is, Israel. Right. So a cabinet member was criticized for traveling during a time when she told other people not to travel. Um, she is 54 years old, and she traveled to the United States with her partner, who is a comedian, Lior. I should you, say you, her you, name well, is... You should go ahead through the, what you were talking about. Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to ruin her name, but yes. I'll just... Leo, no, it's Marav, Lior. His name is Lior Shailene, Sh- 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 right. but her name is Marav Michali. So, That's correct. You yeah, got okay. it right. I got it right. Transportation okay. Minister Marav Mechali. So she came to the United States right. because they were getting a baby. 
Was she getting they had a baby a, in in America? You know, yes, they used a surrogate in the United States. Okay, so she's having, so she's fifty four, and, and he he's is forty three, and they're having a baby. They're bringing, and they brought a him a baby, baby boy, yes, and his okay. name was Ori. So she was criticized. There was stuff all over the internet, and then the next thing, she didn't really respond until she said, "Well, here's Ori," and everyone well, said, know, "Mazel Tov." So. Right. And um, in Israel, the rabbis are very, saying very the unvaccinated worshipers may not pray in synagogue. I agree with that. Well, I don't. All in right. Community Connections, yes. we have a very cute story. So Richard Rubenstein, he, you know, last week, I believe it was, or maybe the week before, we had his 50th bar mitzvah was in the from the pages. So he actually must have heard and or read it. And he called in and he said, talked about how he became a man 50 years ago on... July 31st, and he received a cross pen and pencil set as his gift, and how he wore his grandfather's talus eclipse, and it's a very nice story, and he plans to have another bar mitzvah on, and when he's 83. 20 years from now. Right. So we're both 63. And then there's a beautiful picture of the bride and groom, Jay Levinson and Alexis Bishop, and they got married in France. Um, Right. Among just some close family and friends, and then they're going to have another celebration back here. So that's a beautiful picture. Wonderful. Well, this week's photo shoot is of Mother's Day barbecue at uh, Golf Manor Synagogue, and the also the Cincinnati ordination ceremony at HUC. And you can see um, that Shmuel Poland, who was the uh, the rabbi in training at Edith Israel, is one of the first pictures. He's also the one that did the ark that's at the Skirball Museum. All right. So we do have a correction this week. And the correction is, in uh, the August 19, 2021 issue of the American Israelite, in an ad for the Canaret Grill on page 19, the date by which orders must be received for Rosh Hashanah was an error. I think it said, like, September, which was last year. But this year, it's like a month earlier. And it's So the new date to get your orders in to Canaret is Monday, August 30th, which is this is airing on, we're coming out, Probably Friday, so you've got till Monday. Till Monday to get your orders in for your. And Rosh next Hashanah. year, the holidays will be pushed uh, properly back into the year because there's going to be another month added next year. This year coming up. Yes. Well, also, yeah. This is fifty-seven the sh- eighty-two. There is a month going to be and second, second Adar. Second Adar. Yes. Right. And so we can be happy twice. In, I was born in Adar one. Okay. I was born Adar one, and um, also this is the sh- this is Shemitah year. Shemitah, which is the seven, every seven years you have a Shemitah year, which is the uh, year of rest. Okay, so you the rest your crops. The year of rest for the land and the crops and everything. Yeah, okay. yeah. So this year is that one of those years. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, and then we have a new picture for Rabbi Shlomo Riskin up there, we should all note. Now, one of the nicest <laughs> paragraphs this week in his column said that throughout the Torah, the ethical ideal of the Jewish people is to manifest an exquisite sensitivity to the needs of others, especially this disadvantaged other, a landless Levite, a homeless stranger, a defenseless widow, a bereft orphan, the very people that Amalek seeks to exploit. So I thought that was a beautiful paragraph. Amalek. 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 All right. Butchering those words. All right. So now we are on our favorite page from the pages. Page 20 now, and uh, in the beginning of 1854, so the Israelitish <laughs> Institutions of Cincinnati by Samuel Bruhl, 
The mikvah continued. In 1843, Mr. J. Hilp purchased a house and lot at the corner of John, John Street and Kemble Street and established a second mikvah, which is likewise in good order and in conformity with the established regulations. This place is private property, yet liberally patronized, August 4th, 1854. So they were going to the mikvah. Nice. And a lot of people go to the mikvah between like now and Rosh Hashanah. To clean up. Yes, yes. To, well, to purify your soul and to purify yourself and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful ceremony. So 150 years ago, there is a, and our Melissa right, house right, right. sent us the entire list. It was pages of names, uh, but between Carol Hershenson, our editor, and Melissa, they were able to cut down to just the names that you would recognize. But they're asking, it's a card that they wrote to Joseph Abraham, who was a, a, a lawyer, and they wanted him to take a position in as the judge of the Court of Common Pleas. So the names on there are things like Dr. Lithenthal, Season Good and Netter Company, Hattelbeck, Freelander and Company, Hoffheimer Brothers, May Mayer and Company, the Rao Brothers, Rice Brothers, the J&L Marks, Bernard Bettman, uh, Dr. I.M. Wise, which is Isaac M. Wise, Fetchheimer, Frankel and Company, Thies Gottlieb and Company, Elias Block and Company, M.S. Uh, Forchheimer, I wonder if that's supposed to be Fetchheimer again, and Company and many others. So I thought that was... An amazing, amazing list of names, and if well, we could you know, only publish the them all. Hoffheimer brothers is related to our Daniel <laughs> Dan Hoffheimer. Hoffheimer, right? So, 125 years ago, the ladies' column, women's footwear. Yes. The flat and broad common sense heel is the only correct thing for walking. For with the craze for open air exercise and athletic sport comes the necessity for comfortable footwear. In the days of our grandmothers, ladies walked but little and pinched their feet to an inordinate extent. Shoes were worn too short and too narrow, and for the sake of vanity, women endured untold tortures. The era of sensible footgear has at last arrived, and few women care to put on shoes too small for their feet. The excessively long and narrow shoes in vogue at present, with the piccadilly or razor toe, necessitate the purchasing of a shoe a size larger than that ordinarily worn. A slender foot is now the fashion, the pudgy little infantile one being quite out of date. So, yeah, I mean, it's gla- I'm glad that they were out exercising. <laughs> they needed a pair of good, good pair of gym shoes, I think. Yeah, do you still, been. like, uh, wear those shoes so you look like you have small feet? Do I? No, I don't need to wear shoes to look like I have small feet because I unfortunately have very small feet, and it's hard to even find shoes, which is why I buy a lot of shoes when I find shoes that fit and feel comfortable. So you, like, buy three or four pairs of the yeah. same time if you Yeah, well, them. I have different colors so that different I have colors, all the, I right, always buy it. Colors, yeah, right, it's, right, it's, right. A, it's a problem. All right, so the next one in 150 years ago is, this is interesting, for the Ohio State Fair to be held at Columbus August 31st to September 4th, Inclusive, the B N O S W Railroad will sell tickets at one fare for the round trip from all stations in Ohio. Return limit September 5th. This fare will surpass all other one, former ones. New and attractive features for both day and night. The night will will be made like like day by electricity. <laughs> Exhibitions, exhi- exhibits finer than ever and liberal premium. So this is. Uh, in 1896, when electricity was introduced to the Ohio State Fair. I love the Ohio State Fair. It's a lot of fun. I haven't gone for a number of years because of COVID, but it's, it's, it's you a like lot check of fun. out the chickens and the 
and the horse. Oh, and the butter and cow, you know, the butter, butter, the butter, butter, butter cow. They make that big butter cow. Here. Yeah, and yeah. the you know the fried everything. You can get fried, fried Snickers and fried, fried donuts and fried everything. <laughs> so, um, fifty years ago, we yes. actually talked about this when they became engaged. Miss yes. Barbara Shapiro, daughter of Mister and Missus Jerome Shapiro, was married Saturday night, August fourteenth, to Mister Michael G. Porty. Son of Mr. and Mrs. Howard S. Porty of Dobbs Ferry, New York. The ceremony was performed by Rabbis Albert Goldman and Samuel Wool at Crest Hills Country Club. A reception dinner followed. So we had actually talked. That was a beautiful love story. They met at the University of Illinois, my alma mater, and he went on to become a rheumatologist in town. I believe they now live in New York okay. with their daughter and... Uh, it was a beautiful love story. We talked about it when they became engaged. All right. Um, and there's really just a lot of basic ones this week. So, But I did want one from 25 years ago. Our sages teach that whoever writes a safer Torah, it is as if they received the Torah at Mount Sinai, explained Rabbi Hanan Balk at Gulf Manor Synagogue's celebration of the completion of the Eitz Hayim Safer Torah Project. More than 300 people gathered at the synagogue Sunday night to participate in this celebration. Very nice. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of that. So in Jews of the News, uh, right. Scarlett Johansson had another baby, <laughs> which is nice to see. And we've got a lot of really important Jews in the news there. We have Fanny Bryce, Barbara Streisand, Jonah Hill, Stephen Sondheim. So it's a good, good, good uh, uh, column this week on Jews in the News. We just got done watching this movie that Jonah Hill was in, which was, um, oh, War Dogs. Okay. And they were, he was this guy that was the Fryam, some, I forget his, I could not pronounce the last name, but they were selling all these different thing, you know, guns and stuff, and, and uh, they bought these, uh, these rounds for AK-47 that they thought were Russian-made to the, was it the Iraqis or somebody? I think the Iraqis. And they were actually, they had got duped by thinking they bought like five boxes, but they, they had like a, a, like a railroad car full of these things. And only the ones that they showed them were made in Russia. The rest of them were Chinese. So they, they took them out of the, all the packaging and put them in bags, plastic bags, and then repackaged them and then sold them to the U.S. Army that's then sold them to the Iraqis, okay? So it turns out that they someone found out that these were Chinese arms, and they got, in, I mean, they got indicted. Wow. <laughs> um, because they were trying to pass these off as American, you know, like, like Rus- yeah. Russian-made, which would be okay, but they were Chinese-made, which were not okay, and so they, the guy, he went to jail. Wow. So it's an interesting movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's the greatest movie I ever saw, but it's it's worth watching. It's a couple hour movie. Yeah, something you can do when you're in your sitting around in the heat instead of sitting out. In, well, I'm know. in the air conditioning, you yeah. know, checking that out. Um, you know, but it's, it was fun. All right, so 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 our our dining out is about the Russia Shana recipes as a tradition at Matt's, and she talks about how she used her. Aunt's mm. apple cake mm-hmm. and Mrs. Goldberg's recipe. It's a mm. very nice story from Mindy and Matt about using family and community members' uh, recipes for well, you things know, that I'm are I'm not delicious. really allowed to eat a lot of sweets, but I do once in a while have, like, something. Yes. And uh, I really want some of this, a piece of that apple cake. <laughs> Take a drive up to Columbus or place I'm an order. I'm going to order. Yeah, I'm going to order. It's $35 if you have an order. So, I mean... 
you got like a couple of round hollows. And all we have to mention that round hollows, you can get them right now at Wyoming Pastry Shop. You can get them at, um, at uh, Mark's Hop Eagles. And the other, uh, uh, the supermarkets have them right now. But these look really good. And that apple cake looks like I want to order one right now and eat it. And it's if you have an order of $35, they'll it's deliver free it shipping, the next right. day. Yep, it's right at your house. Yeah, yeah. And then our Dr. Ken Magus has a very interesting story about space and color. He talks about people that hoard, people that want things well organized. Uh, It's a really good thinking uh, article, and I highly recommend it. It's very good. Very good. All right. And then um, our sports columnist, Richard Katz, attorney Richard Katz, has um, a story on Ron Roth at Great American Bar. So Ron Roth is a guy that puts up the scorecards for all the games. And I would have never known that. I I never would have. He gets these stories that are just these really obscure things, and they're fascinating. He's really great at doing that. All right. So we move on to deaths and death notices. So um, I'll read the first one. Mort Mort, uh, Harshman, MD, age 82, August 12th. uh, Sorry, August 21. 13 L 5781. Lori Linder, age 50, August 21st, 2021, the 13th of Elul, 5781. Uh, Harvey S. Diamond, age 92, eight, uh, August 20, 2021, 13 L 5781. Gary Paul Mullen, age 78, August 20th, 2021, 12 Elul, 5781. And hopefully, I'm not going to, I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm just going to tell you. So, Benjamin Gray Kavarsky, age 27, uh, August 17th, 2021, 9, Elul, 5781. May their memories be for a blessing. That's really, um, I I just have to kind of have a moment of silence because it's just, I kind of am uh, reading that and it's just kind of affecting me. All right, moving on to bad joke of the week. (laughs) from the big joke big sorry from the big book of jewish humor 25th anniversary edited and annotated by william novak and moshe waldox every year before rosh hashanah mori the shamash takes the synagogue's talisim to abe's dry cleaning for 25 years abe a member of the shul has cleaned them for free but Abe has retired and sold his business to a non-Jew, Maury. Sorry, uh, sold his business to a non-Jew. Maury brings in the prayer shawls as usual, explains that they've, they're from the synagogue and that Abe had always cleaned them as a gift to the shul. The new owner readily agrees to continue the practice. A week later, Maury comes to pick up the talisim and is greeted by the new owner, who is obviously embarrassed. I'm sorry to tell you this but I'm going to have to charge you $200 for this job. $200, $200, but Abe always did it for free. I know, I know, but I had to hire an extra guy, and it took him three days to untangle all those knots. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's really a terrible joke. Well, on on that note, <laughs> on that uh, note, we want to wish everyone a good Shavuot Tov and have a great week. We will see you next week. Next week we have 
Danielle Minson joining us as our third co-host. It's going to be really exciting to get to know her more on a personal level, hear about what is her plans for the Jewish Federation for the future. Right. You know, what her platform is, what she plans on doing, uh, and it's going to be very, very exciting. I want to really thank our Melissa House for always keeping us in line right. and cutting out our, our fumbles. Our boo-boos. Our fumbles our and boo-boos. our gaps in, in knowledge. Gaffs. That's a good word, gaffs. And so we really appreciate that. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to info at letthereBeLightPodcast.com. Well, you know, also, we need to recommend that people tell other people about this podcast because we need we want more listeners. Right. We want people to listen, and we want people to tell everybody else, hey, listen to the podcast. You'll find out what's going on in the community nationally and internationally, and uh, what's going on Jewishly in Cincinnati. So tell everybody you know. I mean, right. we want to. And now, so we finish. I've got Rosh Hashanah issues staring me in the face, which is Monday, Tuesday. And then so Wednesday, I'll be like breathing a big sigh of relief because that baby will be at the printer and the baby will be born and it'll be, you know, done. And I'm, what, what are you looking at me like that face for? <laughs> it's like a baby. I'll be so happy when that baby comes out. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for fun photos of what's happening during the tapings. And if you like us, please give us a five-star review and definitely tell your family and friends about us. Thank you. Bye-bye.